the villagers just left and provided almost a safe haven and a staging for the Taliban to come in and attack and pretty much overrun an outpost and uh, what was what was that like? Yeah, so it's it's again a very remote area. Wanad is a district center, basically up in the uh, basically in the high mountains. And uh, what you saw is is that we had taken a year to we were going to reallocate forces there because we thought it was we had we were embracing counterinsurgency theory at the time, which by then Petraeus has actually published along with his Marine Corps counterpart, which basically said live among the villagers, get in there and live there. Very much what you would understand in, in your background, right, uh, in special forces. And so we intended to, uh, to double down inside this, this district, which was a very small town, but it was, the, it was the district center. So it had the police chief, it had a governor and things like a district governor and things of that nature. Um, and we did it right smack in the middle of town. We, we negotiated for a year, took a year wow. uh, to be able to get this plot of land. And we moved in there. And... Uh, Normally, what you saw in when we moved places around, and we did that from time to time, is is that the the Taliban or the enemy that we were fighting, which was often Taliban and, and others, um, would uh, take their time. They would you know kind of probe at night and you know shoot a little bit, but they would do it from afar before they would actually do a full scale attack. What at, what occurs here is is within days we have a full scale attack. And, uh, and very quickly, they, they have done a, an ex excellent job of uh, scouting out what the camp looked like after just a few days of being built. And they took out all the, uh, you know, um, crew serve weapons, wow. right, just like that, took out the mortars. Um, and basically, uh, <coughs> at the end of several hours of incredible heroism by this uh, outfit um, from the 173rd, they, we lose nine soldiers, but they have stopped being stopped uh, the camp from being overrun. Um, you know, we did the very best we could to put uh, fixed-wing aircraft over the top, B-1 bomber, as well as other air aircraft. Uh, Apaches took about 25 to 30 minutes to get up there from Jalalabad, uh, but they get there as fast as they can, flying over the mountains, and they make a huge difference, fighting danger close. I mean, literally within just meters of. Uh, uh, this is a U.S. soldier, that's an enemy. Um, it's an incredible fight, but what you see at the end of it, and what you're talking about, David, is is that when we get up there, we bring in some Afghan commandos led by special forces, U.S. special forces, as well as a bunch of reinforcements. We find that the, the whole city or town had been compromised. The police mm. apparently uh, had abandoned their complete site uh, and used the uh, enemy used the, their facility basically. Uh, the the leadership of the of the town and the district had beat feet, uh, and eventually I arrest the governor. Um, and the people have sent all the all the mails are gone essentially, you know. And and so that's that level of corruption where we negotiated with them for a full year. We have actual Afghan army with our unit, with this platoon that's in combat. Uh, you know, so it's not just a U.S. Living outfit. in the same outpost? They're at the same outpost. They're oh, fighting, wow. I didn't you know. know that. Um, and so to see this happen, um, and it eventually leads to a strategic decision. I eventually decide not to reinforce this after two days, instead to withdraw. And I figured that if the town, we were going to do good things for the town and for the people. We're going to provide input, money, uh, a lot of resources to do things that would, were necessary in that area, you know, dams and things of that nature. I said, not one more penny up there. And... Uh, 
Uh, I can't trust the people, so how could I even attempt to try to do counterinsurgency, which is to be with the people in an environment like that? So here's the locals. You're coming in. We're going to, like you just said, the dams, the schools. We're going to help you uh -huh. build this infrastructure. They basically said no and sided with the Taliban. Yes. Yeah. Fear out of the, the uh, Taliban. Yes. They, they don't. They don't want what we want to give them. They don't want to experience the democracy we want to give them. Yeah. What? A little bit of all that, but fear is a huge player in this uh, area of the world, as, as well as in a lot of conflicts that have involving counterinsurgency. So the Taliban were wonderful, uh, wonderfully skilled, wrong term, but they were highly skilled <laughs> at, uh, at delivering night notes, which were death threats, and uh, basically saying, if you, if you support the U.S., We'll come after you, and you're going to find your head laying on, you know, on your wife's doorstep. Jeez. And they would follow that up, right? I mean, and so that actually occurred throughout Afghanistan, where you know there would be assassinations of that attempt if you came became too close to the U.S. And you were in areas that were not 100% secured by either Afghan forces, the Afghan army, or other coalition partners, in, as well as the U.S. And so the fear's huge, huge, huge like. That level of corruption where I'm sure that money greased the skids for a number of folks, including the police and the police chiefs and stuff of that nature. So there's that level of corruption there. Wow. There's probably another thing that's almost intangible is we did not understand these mountain tribes well. We didn't understand what motivated them. You know, it takes a long time, and I talk about it in the book, where I'm finally calling up the State Department, the agency, and saying, give me your best expert on Nuristan. You know, I mean, because I don't understand the people up there. 